Let's open our Bibles on this Father's Day, the Lord's Day, to the Gospel of Luke, a very well-known story. It's told to us by the Lord and chapter 15 of Luke. Verse 11, chapter 15 and verse 11. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. And he divided his wealth between them. And not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey into a distant country. And there he squandered his estate with loose living. Now when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in, this, in that country and he began to be in need. And he went and attached himself to one of the citizens of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he was longing to fill his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating, and no one was giving anything to him. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread, but I am dying here with hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. And he got up and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. Let's bow our heads for a little prayer. Our Father, we thank you that you are the center of this meeting. And our Lord Jesus Christ, who is our Savior, we meet in his name. And today, as we gather together to hear a Father's Day message, please help us to hear your voice, not mine. And touch our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We have some... Well, I want to talk today about the picture of a father's heart. And he got up and came to his father, the Bible says in, uh, in verse 20. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him. And ran and embraced him and kissed him. Beautiful picture. George A. Turner was a Christian writer. Tells this little talk with his son. My little boy, he writes, came to me one day placed his tiny hand in mine and said, Daddy, 
What is God like? And I said, God is like love and sunshine and all the good things you know. He smiled into my eyes and said, Then, Daddy, God must be just like you. But, uh, dear old George goes on to say, I remember how Jesus said that God is like a father, and I had to bow my head in shame that I, a father, was so unlike God. Are we truly the fathers our children think we are? That's the question we should ask ourselves, dear fathers, today. And I, I get your attention For 20 minutes, I'll be grateful. And God will love you more. Are we truly the fathers our children think we are? We are their heroes. We are what they dream to be. And we are their example and what they want to be. I read the following poem. And it's entitled Reflection of a Father. And it says, Say, fellow, I want to tell you I'd be happy as a clam if I just was the daddy that my son thinks I am. He thinks I'm a wonder and believes his dear old dad could never think of mixing with mean things that are bad. And sometimes... I just sit and think how nice it would be if I was just the daddy that my son thinks of me. Challenging, isn't it? We have today before us a moving story of a father and son. And I would like to call it a picture of a father's heart. This is a story of a son who never forgot that true love, compassion, forgiveness, and care his father had for him. When our children think of us, what do they remember? Fathers and all, and mothers, and everyone who has children and dreams to be a father. When our children think of us, what do they remember? What do they think? And if we ask ourselves this question, what do we come up today? When the son came to the end of himself, he thought of home, didn't he? He thought of his father. I don't know what kind of discussions they had before he left. And uh, what kind of words the father told his son before he left to the far country. But we can think of few things here. And when he decided to come back, and let me ask a couple of questions here. One, what did he find? What did he find? Let me answer this one first. He found his father's love. Do you agree with that? Nothing compensates for lack of love to our children. Keep that in your mind. 
nothing compensates for the lack of, of love to our children. Someone said, real love knows no danger. Real love doesn't count the cost. This young man was hungry for love. For his father's attention. And he thought about it. And he said, I want to go back. He remembered that his father loved him. And most probably still loves him. Fathers, do our children see this in us? Are we the example? Do we want them to follow our footsteps? Are we really the responsible fathers we ought to be? Perhaps you say, Egil, I am a good father. I'm giving them my children education. This we must. I'm giving them money. Good. I'm paying for their tuition, for their clothing. I give them freedom. I give them a good life. What else do they want more? I have, they have comfort. They are, I think, satisfied. Is this enough? Do you think this is enough? We will be making a grave mistake. If we think this is enough and neglect their spiritual and emotional needs. Fathers, this young man thought and he said, I'm going to go to my father. And I know my father loves me. And did he find love? But we might say, well... Isn't it enough that I am sending them to a Christian school and providing for their daily needs? They have a nice house. And you know I'm busy. I work a lot. I travel a lot. And I work hard. I'm building their future for them. So many times we sit down and say these things. But is that enough? I'm busy. May it never be that business and future building take us away from our responsibilities to our children and our families. Keep that in mind, fathers. This is not enough. You know what your child loves and remembers and thinks about when you take his hand and take him to church. I remember that. It's not a theory I'm giving you. I remember that very well. When he used to take me to church... Every Sunday morning. Let's go to church. I didn't want to go to church. I didn't like going to church. But he took me to church. Until God touched my heart. And at church he changed my life completely. This is why. He says. Train your child. In the way he should go. When he grows up. He will not depart from it. According to current statistics. The majority of our teen problems are results of lack of love in the family. 
I, I have documents to show you that. Nothing can nor will replace the love of a father and a mother. We're not giving all the credit to the fathers. The mother has a lot to do in the house. Amen. Say amen to that. Amen. So it's not in providing. Or by providing. By giving things to them. It's not in the baseball games only. It's not in the taking them trips only. Which is good. But they will remember those tender moments. Those loving moments that you spend with them. Your love as a father to them is needed above all. You know, there is, there is a, a story. I don't know whether you heard it. It's a, a little bit long, but I want to read it to you. One of the greatest thought, they call it provokers, to show fathers that being a good provider is not enough is Dr. Chaplin's famous version of the prodigal son. He, go, he calls it the prodigal father. I don't think you heard it. Well, if you heard it, bear with me. A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of your time and your attention and your companionship and your counsel and your guidance which falls to me. And the father divided unto him his living. In that he paid his boy's bills and sent him to a select prep school and then to college and tried to believe that he was doing his complete duty to his son. And not many days after, the father gathered all his interests and aspirations and ambitions and took his journey into a far country, into a land of stocks and bonds and securities and large business deals and other things which do not interest a boy. And there he wasted his precious opportunity of being a friend for his son. And when he had spent the very best of his life and had accumulated a good fortune, but failed to find any satisfaction, there arose a mighty famine in his heart. And he began to be in want of sympathy and real companionship. And he went and joined himself to one of the clubs of the country and they elected him chairman of the house committee in the country club then president of the club and then they sent him to the legislature and he gladly would have satisfied himself with the husks that other men did eat and no man gave him any real friendship but when he came to himself he said how many of my acquaintance, acquaintances have boys whom they understand and who understand them who talk about their boys, associate with their boys, and seem perfectly happy in their, in their comradeship of their sons. And they love them. And uh, the boys reciprocate that love. And I am here, perishing, alone, with heart hunger. I will arise and go unto my son and say unto him, Son, I have sinned against heaven. And in your sight. I hope there, there won't be a man, a father like this today. I have sinned against heaven and your sight, and I'm no more worthy to be called your father. 
make me one of your acquaintances. But while he was yet afar of his, off, his son saw him and was moved with astonishment. And instead of running and falling on his neck, he drew back and was ill at ease. And the father said unto him, Son, I have sinned against heaven and your, in your sight. I have not been a father to you. And I am no more worthy to be called your father. Forgive me now and let me be your friend. But the son said, Not so, for it is too late. There was a time when I wanted your companionship and advice and counsel, but you were too busy. I got the information, I got the companionship, I got the counsel, I got love, but I got it, I got it the wrong way. And now, alas, I am wrecked in soul and body. It is too late, too late, too late. This is in many books. And I hope we won't find a father like this father amongst us who wasted his life trying to gather for the future. When the future came, he did not find his family around him, neither his children. What did this son find again? He found love. In verse 20, the Bible says, And he got up and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. That tells me his father was waiting for him to come back. That tells me his father on a daily basis was looking to see his son come back. Did he find love? Yes, he did. Because his father was waiting for him to give him that love that he missed for quite some time. Fathers, may God help us to be around as much as we can and more than we can because our children will remember always, Daddy, being around for me, taking me here and there, and being my friend and my companion. May God help the hearts, our hearts, fathers, to be fathers after God owns heart. Like this father here. He was waiting for his son. What He also found something else. He found compassion. He found compassion. To be strong and uncompromising is not enough. To be a good father, a godly one, we must become like Christ. We have a challenge today. We have a big challenge, fathers. Because Christ was compassionate. When he saw someone in need, what does the Bible say? He had compassion over him. 
It's enough, not enough to be the breadwinner. The strong. We need to be strong men. But we need also to be compassionate. Next to love. Someone said, sympathy is the most divine passion of the human heart. This father forgot himself and approached his returning son with compassionate heart. That is perhaps the, if there's a word like this, the manliest of qualities. Forget he took my money. Forget he left home. Forget that he never wrote us a note. He never sent a letter. He never called. We never knew what happened to him. He denied us. He turned his back on his mom and his brother and myself. But his father's compassion overcame all these hurdles. And he was there for him. Because when he came, his father, the Bible says in verse 20 again, his father saw him and felt compassion for him. May God give us compassion. Not only love, genuine love, after, the, after God's heart, only also genuine compassion. A well-known preacher once said, How long, oh how long will it take us to learn that there are only two things in life that really count. One is character. And the other is human sympathy. When your son needs your sympathy, what do you do? Oh, grow up. Be a man. Well, he's five years old and he fell and she sees blood on his knee. He needs your hug. He needs your compassion. He needs your love. He needs you to hear him. Not to say, oh, get up and go. Nothing is happening now. Our children look for compassion and sympathy from us. Are we there to give it to them? We heard what they sang today. Man, men of compassion. And God is looking for these men. Don't tell me, Adol, we need to be tough. We need to have this image all the time. I never cry. Oh, wow. I pity you. I pity you. And I pray for God to give you a sensitive heart so you can cry. And there's nothing wrong in crying. There's nothing wrong in feeling with your wife, feeling with your daughter, feeling with your son, and take them into your heart and press them to your chest. I said, oh, I do feel with you, sweetheart. I do feel with you, my daughter. Six, seven years old, she's looking for daddy. She's looking for him to feel with her. Because she fell, or the dress didn't look nice, or anything For that matter. They're looking for. Men of compassion. And forget that John Wayne image. And throw it away. And let us be men. Of compassion and sympathy. Men who feel. And men who attend. To our children's. Hearts and needs. God. Cried. When he. Came. And approached. Lazarus' grave. He cried because he loved him. And secondly, he had sympathy for his family. 
If God cried, we better cry when it's needed. In Isaiah 54, 8, we read, With everlasting loving kindness, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. Oh, how did he treat us, our Lord? How did he treat us when we came to him? When we came to him broken hearted, with broken lives, with broken families. How did he treat us? He says, come on. Ah, you lost it. Don't lose it now. Did he say that? No, he bowed down and he cried with you. And he had sympathy and he loved you and changed your life and mended your heart and your family and your relations. That's God. That's a picture of God's heart. Third thing he found. His father's forgiveness. And the Bible says in verse 20 again. And after he felt compassion for him. Ran. Embraced him. And kissed him. In the old country. Embracing and kisses. Is a sign of forgiveness. He says hey. I forgive you everything. Someone said forgiveness is man's deepest need. And God's highest achievement. Did you hear that? Forgiveness is man's deepest need. And God's highest achievement. When this young man came back to his father. He loved him. He had sympathy over him. And he forgave him. The father's forgiveness was full. Listen to this. And unconditional. He didn't tell him bring the money back first. Huh? No. Unconditional. It's not, it wasn't a limited forgiveness. And what a picture of God's heart. When we came to him. Did he have any conditions when we said, I am a sinner, save me? Did he say, well, how about the past sins? No. What did he say? And your sins I will remember no more. In other words, what are you talking about? I forgot your sins. Any sins you've made, I forgot it. There is no condition for you coming back to me. I am forgiven you. It's not limited. It's not partial forgiveness. You know, we do partial forgiveness, don't we? I will forgive, but I will never forget. That's partial. Don't we do that? But he says, this is unconditional. He ran, embraced him, and kissed him. There's a story of a pastor's son. And you know, the pastor's children are very well versed in the Bible. Huh? Okay? So you know, I cannot do anything with Randy because he will always have an answer to any question I have. To make it, to put it mildly. There's a story of a pastor's son who spent the day with his father and the boy acted badly. Wanting this and that, running off, disobeying his father's order and warnings, etc. It was, at, at the end of the day, it was a day to remember. Okay? As they were driving home, the boy could sense his dad's displeasure and said, When we ask God to forgive us, that's the boy, <coughs> when we are bad, he does, doesn't he? <laughs> now, you know, you understand when I talk about Randy, okay? 
His father replied, Yes, he does. The boy continued, And when he forgives, he buries our sins in the deepest sea, doesn't he? The father replied, Yes, son, that's what the Bible says. He's frustrated. You know, that's what the Bible says, okay? The boy was silent for a while and then said, I've asked God to forgive me, but I bet when you get home, you're going to go fishing for those sins, aren't you? Too often, the writer says, we do go fishing for other people's sins that God has already buried. This father did not even mention the past. Instead, he said to his servants, What? Quickly, bring out the best robe and put on him the ring in his hand and give him sandals because he's barefooted. And, wow, and he says, For this son of mine was dead and has come to life. He was lost. And he's been found. And guess what? They began to marry. Oh, what a picture. The picture of a father's heart. Isn't that a picture of God's heart? Isn't that a picture of our father, dear heavenly father? Fathers, we should be like him. Isn't that a picture of when we came to him, he, had, he loved us, had compassion over us, and he forgave us our sins. And this is our Heavenly Father. And if I'm talking to someone today who doesn't have his Heavenly Father as his Father, in other words, you are still without salvation. Your Jesus Christ is not not your Savior. You cannot call the Heavenly Father your Father until you become his Son through Jesus Christ. And then you come to your Father and he is willing to forgive you. Regardless of how you spent your life so far. Maybe you spent 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, 18 years. Your father is still waiting from afar and looking for you to come home. And he's calling on you. I'm waiting for you to come home. Would you come home to him today? Would you? That's the father's heart. And fathers, may God give us that spirit of forgiveness so we can be forgiving to our children. The story is told in Spain of a father and his teenage son who had a relationship that had become strained. So the son ran away from home. His father, however, began a journey in search for his rebellious son. Finally, in Madrid, in a last desperate effort to find him, the father put an ad in the newspaper. The ad read, Dear Paco, his name is Paco, his son. Well, I hope you, want, you will never put your son's name in that paper. Dear Paco, meet me in front of the newspaper office at noon. All is forgiven. Not part. All is forgiven. I love you, your father. The next day at noon, in front of the newspaper office, 8 Hundred Pacos showed up. They were all seeking forgiveness and love from their fathers.
Did this young man earn his forgiveness? I don't think so. We cannot earn forgiveness. It is given. It is a free gift from God the Father. It's not for sale, folks. And if we are child of Christ this morning, this afternoon now, you already have it. And if you are not a child of Christ, you need forgiveness from the Father. I hope if we have any fathers here this morning who don't know Jesus as their Savior, they will approach the Father and say, Father, forgive me, I have sinned like this young man. I have sinned against God and you. This Father displayed a true picture of our Father's heart. He, he loves, He gives, and He forgives. Let's bow our heads. I'm speaking to the fathers in our church here who know Jesus Christ as their Savior. May God give us His heart and use us to win our children for the kingdom of God. And if we haven't been doing this, if we haven't been loving, filled with sympathy and compassion and forgiveness, ask God to give us, to give you your heart, this heart. His heart. And if someone is here in attendance this morning who knows that he does not have the forgiveness of our God the Father, this is your opportunity. Say, Lord, please forgive me. I come back to you. Like this young prodigal son. He came, he says he came to his senses. And that's the wisest thing he's ever done in his life. He listened to the voice of God. You need to give me your heart. Your life is not amongst the pigs. Your life should be amongst the children of God. Your life is to come home and come home and live again the way you should live. And this is the call of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ this morning. Come unto me. I will in no way leave you out. Don't say that he doesn't forgive me. I have so many sins. Now, he already forgave our sins. We need to acknowledge them and accept him as our Savior. And that's what's needed. If you come to him this morning, he will take you in his arms. He will have compassion over you. He'll love you. And you will live a different life in his care. Our Father, we thank you for your loving kindness toward us all. We thank you that you loved, that you sent your only begotten Son to die on the cross for our sins. He gave all. And the promise, whosoever believes in him, shall never perish, but has everlasting life. There's someone here this afternoon who is still far away from you in the far country. We pray that they come home. Forgiveness is available. 
love is available, compassion is available to live a new life. Speak to our hearts and bless each and every father here, every household. Help us to be men according to your own heart. Bless this congregation. Be with us on this Father's Day and dismiss us with your blessings, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.